This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. What's going on, people? I could tell you right now, if you're listening to this early on patreon.com forward slash downbeat, I have got no idea where I'm going to be. Maybe I'm in Japan still. If you are listening to this on the day of release, Thursday the 18th, let me tell you about Rockville. Welcome to Rockville. It's actually today, right? You should be there. If you're listening to this in a tent or on the way to Rockville, then cool. Have a good time. If you're going to Rockville tomorrow instead of uh, the Straving the Path Day, shame on you, right? I'm probably very tired and jet-lagged. Did I have a lovely time? Who knows? I could be dead. This is a pre-scheduled event. I could be dead. I could be in jail. I don't want to really put that energy out there, but I could be any of those things, couldn't I? Also, why are you not leaving me comments telling me how ugly I am or how bad my hair is on YouTube? Because sometimes I look back through these intros and I'm like, God, I didn't do my hair that day. I look like shit. It's really annoying. I think by this point I could put haircuts through as a business expense, surely, if I need to look okay for this. I'm rambling. I'm absolutely rambling. If you didn't watch this early on www patreon.com forward slash then you probably missed out on early access to clothing as well if you missed out on the early access to clothing then just go to www.thedownbe.at so it spells downbeat pick up a t-shirt supports me right god these ads are getting addy aren't they all we need to do is get more people on the patreon get the patreon up to like well, I don't know, five grand a month and i'll stop doing ads i promise you that i promise you that until then you're gonna have to listen to my ads but first let me tell you about today's guest He's a hot dude. He's a very good drummer. Oh, it's not a drum podcast. Relax. Steve Judd from Carnival. I'm not going to tell you the story about the first time I met Steve Judd because it's in the podcast. I'm not going to tell you how Steve Judd has his eggs because it's in the podcast. I'm not going to tell you about Steve Judd's practice routine or how Carnival writes a song because it's in the GDPC. What I am going to tell you about is today's sponsor for the Downbeat Podcast, as ever, Displate. Displate make metal posters like this, right? They double as a musical instrument. Why are they so good? Well, they're metal, so they don't get all rubbish like paper posters. Why are they so good? They can have a matte finish. Look at that. No shiny. You like taking selfies? Oh, you got a laminated poster that you got from the market with an alien smoking a joint. Well, that, your flash is going to flash off that. Guess what? This is matte, baby. That ain't going to flash anything. What do you want? You like video games. You like, uh, do you like Iron Man, right? You can get an Iron Man one. You like any, who else is in Marvel? Cumberbatch, what's he? Doctor Strange, all of that. There's a downbeat store. You can get all of the best downbeat designs. There's a coffee club one. There's all this stuff. Just get them. Put them on the wall. Magnets. Oh, my landlord's an absolute... Well, guess what? It just sticks to the wall with a magnet. 
This is 2023, baby. We got magnet walls now, okay? For every single one that you buy, not only do you support the podcast by using the code DOWNBEAT, you actually end up planting a tree. They reckon they've planted 18 million trees. I don't know how big the world is, but that seems like quite a bit of the world is now trees, thanks to people at Display. So basically, go to there. Ideally, get a downbeat one. Pick yourself up three, maybe. Using the code downbeat, you will get 30% off. You could get two, and using the code downbeat, you could get 20% off. One downbeat one, supporting the podcast, and one... Uh, the... Uh, female body inspector one I don't know if they've got one they probably do though loads of stuff from underground artists just check it out displate.com you support me you support the podcast and they're actually sick let's have a little listen and a and a watch if you're on YouTube do a like do a subscribe do a comment just enjoy yourself bit of popcorn Steve Judd from Carnival on the Downbeat Podcast That's the start. You don't have to do it, but thank I you. Thought, I thought I'd help. Thank you so much. <laughs> Steve, I haven't seen you since uh, 2017. Yeah, long time. When I met you for about 45 minutes in uh, Perth. Amplifier Bar. Is that where, was that the name of the venue? Yeah. I'd be Honestly, and you're going to think I'm just saying it, one of the worst times I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know our mutual friend Brody was like... Brody Simpson. Yes, legend. Absolute legend. Unbelievable drummer. Was like, hey, can I come to your show? Uh, plus one. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Didn't ask who the plus one is. Played like shit. Come over. And then we all just met you, but we're just having a chat. And then you were like, yeah, I've got to go on tour next week or something. I was like, oh, what's your band called? And you went Carnival. And I went, oh, my God. Because <laughs> I was a big fan, but I didn't, I didn't, I just knew the music. Yeah. Perth Boys, born and bred. Uh, yeah, all except Hoss, one of the guitarists, is a Melbourne lad. Uh, I was born in New Zealand, but came to Oz when I was a kid, so. Have you got, an, is there New Zealand in your accent? Nah. No, see, I don't know, I'm really, it's really hard for me to tell the difference. No, I say six, so. Oh, yeah, they say sex. <laughs> is it sex? Sucks. Sucks. It's a you, like all their, they mix them up. Like I mean, a, I'm sure they say sex too, but. They probably say... Different connotation. They would say six for sex, I think. Off the top of my head. <laughs> Do you want to have six? Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Sounded a bit South African there. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming. You had a little stressful, stressful, stressful morning. Oh, just bus parking, you know. Tour life. At, at the garage. Find, yeah. The garage is a bit small for carnival. Yeah, we played... God, the last time we were here, we played... The garage as well. So that was 2015, I think. Where the fuck you been? <laughs> Not many places, actually. <laughs> no, I just mean question one, like... I don't have any questions written, but... Like, we did... Where'd got, you go? Well, the last... God, our last record was 2013. That's 10 years. Yes. Yeah, so the 15 tour was to promote that album, I guess. And then since then... We've been writing. You have actually been writing. Very slowly. 
How slowly are we talking? Like tall? Well, this is almost well, tall. Well, it's 10 years and we don't have an album, so pretty slowly. Yeah. Like out of those, out of those 10 years, are you, have you been writing very slowly over 10 years or did you, did you break for a bit? Or We've taken like little mini breaks along the way, done a little bit of touring back home, a little bit overseas. We just haven't made it back here since 15. But we've done, uh, God, I think we did South Africa and India and a few other places and then some touring back home. We've released one song last year or yeah. the year before. That's about it. So without leaking anything that you can't leak, is that one song, you know, when bands have already recorded an album and then they go, here's a single, but we're not announcing an album yet. Is that what's happened? Is there an album? Just tell me there's an album. There could be. <laughs> <laughs> in time. <laughs> but you're, you're planning on an album. Come on. Don't the plan is an album. Because you can't yeah. dine out on three for we a We just don't long. know how to get there at this point. Right. So we're kind of just building bits as we go. So nice. We have another couple of songs done. Um, and the rest is kind of just finalizing half-cooked ideas. We'll come, we're going to come back to that because that's like a real question thing that I do want to know. That needs proper analysis, y- y- right? Yeah. For us it, too. Yeah, it's not a four minutes into the podcast conversation. Yeah, yeah. Four minutes in is I made you a coffee. It's nice, actually. Thank you very much. He sounds surprised. Good, good slurp sound. Well, I haven't heard rave reviews from the one <laughs> I've heard. So, <laughs> Yeah, Josh was like, in fairness, right? So I make, usually I'll make a V60. But Josh was coming and he likes espresso. And I was like, I'll fire up the rig. But the beans that I've got, I've roasted for filter. I, was, I thought I'd make him an espresso, 50 second extraction. And he was like, comes into the podcast at the first thing he says, just slagging my coffee off. So I was like, <laughs> are you going to do it as well? Isn't it an Australia thing? Because you guys love coffee. Yeah, look, I don't want to put any pressure on, but we've been trying to hunt the best coffee in every city so far. Where have you been? Don't you don't have to fucking reel off everything. Lots of Germany, Czech Republic. Did you go to five ele- five elephants in Berlin? Have you been to Berlin on this tour? Yes. I don't, no, I don't know if we made it there. I can't remember the Berlin one. Munich. Did you? Munich. Did you go to Man versus Machine? No. You fucking should have asked me. Should have. I'm going to go through your. Now, yeah. I'm going to go go through your shit. Whatever I've logged, that's what we had. I'm going to have to go through. I'm going to get before. those up later. <laughs> and I'm just going to have a look, and I'll be like, okay, I know where I'm going. Yeah. Have you, are you playing Switzerland? Have you done it yet? Yes. No. No, we didn't do it this run. <sighs> Some fucking man. Great. I'll have to look at the tour dates. Great. Yeah, we don't. Re- I should probably remember. know these things, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but you said something interesting to me when I was making this coffee. Number one. I think give me the rundown of the amount of coffee that you drink a day currently because currently about four to six cups four to six cups so not including the shots not shots cups and sometimes I'll get an extra shot oh yeah three shots per coffee depend are you an extra shot if you're if you have to resort to Starbucks or something no I'm an extra shot even just goals even in a bougie place yeah do they ever just go this guy. Yeah, I did get a funny look from one of the cafes we went to in Germany. Oh, and one of the just... girls, I asked for a double espresso and a flat white with an extra shot. And she was like, you know that's what 
seven shots of coffee. I fucking know. Look, or five shots of coffee. And I said, "Yep." Yeah, my, my <laughs> I have to be really careful with like replying to stuff like that. How old are you? Forty. Forty. Mm. Congrats. How was it? It's, it was all right. Yeah. It was like every other birthday. No breakdown. No. Nah. Never had any kind of um old breakdown. No, it might be on the way. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm 36. I've had like fucking three. <laughs> I haven't even had your one yet. I haven't got 40. Sure, um, I 50 will be the breakdown for me. But if someone... <sighs> by 50, who cares? Yeah, it's just done then anyway. <laughs> 10 years. By 50, you'll have one more album. <laughs> yeah, well, we should be. We should have. We might be having the same conversation then. <laughs> um, yeah, but my, always, my go-to response in my head when I have to realise like, no, that's not okay, is like... Look at how old I am. I know how many coffees are in that fucking coffee. Like, yeah. I've been drinking coffee yeah, for a while. Coffee I know what I'm doing. For so long. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, that's actually got crack in it. It's not like there's a big fucking secret. Yeah. Every time I go for breakfast with one of my friends back home, I always order too many drinks. So juice, water, double espresso, yeah. almond flat white. And then every time they come, they put the double espresso for me and give him the other coffee. Yeah. Bring that over. Juice. Yeah, me. That's me. Always shocked. It happens every week. Even today. This is minimal liquid for me. Can I get you another? (laughs) I need another three or four (laughs) bottles to feel comfortable. I can get you a few things. (laughs) I can top you up on that as well. You you can Uh, do it yourself. I'll allow you to do it yourself. Um, So, right, run me down. You're waking up. I'm still on the coffee thing. You're waking up on the bus. What time do you wake up at? Let's go through a Steve Steve (sighs) Judd day. Day in the life. Day in the life. Well, most days we've probably been up around 10, 11. All right. And then I'll usually find a cafe. Coffee first. Get all the coffee, some food. And many drinks, like a chest board of, of drinks. All of the drinks, yeah. Very nice. Not a lot of room for food, but we create the space. Yeah. And then gym. Is it? Mm. Oh, we could have went to the gym. We could be doing that now. I've already been. Uh, I haven't. I'm doing oh. this instead. Priorities, oh, what? mate. What? <laughs> I could have fucking... Oh, nice. What do you do at the gym when you're on tour? Like, you got a program or you're just fucking getting a bit of blood moving? I do a bit of everything. So I'm trying to do more uh, strength lifts at the moment. So I'm doing deads, squats. <sighs> I'd much rather us both at the gym right now. We could be Instead doing of entertaining deads, these people. <laughs> Motherfucker, I could I could have done deads today. I got deads tomorrow. Oh, I did deads. Actually, I had yesterday off. I should be there today, but as I say, here instead. So that's on you. Do you find it fucks with drumming? No. It I helps mean, it. The last show we did was Bristol, and I went to the gym like right before soundcheck. Which gym? Lux Fitness. Oh. It was the closest. So nice. it's proximity based for yeah. me. Yeah, oh yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. So I went there, did some deads. I basically spent the whole hour doing deadlifts and pull ups and that was it. Nice. And then sound check. And I went to sound check, did that, and that was it. Do you find it limbers you up or do you just exactly the same? I feel like I'm pretty stiff anyway, so it doesn't make a difference to be honest. Oh, I wish I was you. I, like, I feel like you're one of those people who's just really good at the drums and don't have to try. That's that's what I'm – you said a couple of things on the way here that was like, this motherfucker. It's funny because I always think the opposite. And every show – I mean, everyone's their own worst critic. 
Yeah. But the first few, I would say we're generally pretty under-rehearsed. So the first few shows are always kind of, God, they're pretty rough. But, you know, the feedback well, you get is always rough, like, oh, it's, it's good. Oh, lots of little mistakes, but you kind of over, you know, yeah. you overblow them in your head. I feel like you guys are so proggy, though, that you can just pretend the mistake was just like, I was just in the moment. Yeah, the amount of times I've called out jazz on stage <laughs> when someone's done something <laughs> oh, or John will turn around and give me this funny look. Played this wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I played that wrong. It's fine. But, you know, unless it's, like, blindly obvious. Yeah. Okay, so you've, get away you've had your coffee. Are you eating pre-gym? I just want to know this for me. I don't care about these people. Oh, yeah. I eat pre-gym, so I'll try so and eat. That's at the coffee yep. experience. With the coffee. And the drinks. All the drinks, some sort of carb, and then I'll do gym. And, and then straight and after, eat. Eat. Sound check. Eat, and then usually we've got like an hour or so before sound check. So Another I'll coffee? Oh, always. So what's your coffee order on that second coffee? I usually stick to the oat flat whites. Nice. After, after gym. Although there's been, God, there's been some nights on, you know, it's like on the bus, you're not always sleeping the best. So there's been a couple of nights where I've just done the double espresso before the show to try and perk up. And Do you find that affects your drumming? No. What are you? You're one, of, you're one of those people that's just good. I hate it. I I have like the most meticulous like, I have to eat this this close to the show. I have yeah. to do this. And then I still fucking hate how I play. The only thing I try and manage is my food before the timing of What's your cut off? I usually try and eat like an hour and a half before we play. That's fucking too late for me. Oh, really? What's yours? Yeah. I've got to do. It's got to be three hours before. Oh shit! Yeah. No, I need, I need some fuel. I think. Plus, I'm type one diabetic as well, so I have to try and manage my meal times to control my sugar levels on stage. Is it? What's which? What type one is? Insulin dependent. So I have to do the shots before I eat. You're the second type one diabetic on the Downbeat podcast. Oh, there you go. Who was the first? Com- comedian Ed Gamble. Oh was, uh, wow. Type 1 diabetic. I didn't get to see anyone do any needle shit, though. Oh, I've already done one here. You've done it. I'm pretty did quick, you, did I'm pretty you quick with it, yeah. You shot up in my... <laughs> you shot in up your in living my, room. In my living room. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, enough about my heroin addiction. Uh, okay. Then an hour and a half. What's that meal? Whatever we get for dinner. So usually... If I can get some rice or potatoes or something yeah. fairly carb heavy, um, I'll have that. That's about it. How long is your set? Hour and a half. Do you hate that or do you love it? Depends on how well I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it feels like the longest hour and a half of, of your life. And then, you know, we had a, a couple of shows back. We probably got two songs from the end and it was the first time I'd looked at the set list and gone, oh, shit, we're at this point already. Which means obviously the show's going well. Yeah, and it was. But fun. there's some nights where I'm like, we're two songs in. I'm like, fuck, this is going forever. Oh, if you make a mistake in the first song, oh, I'm... always. It's that throat, you know. And then you kind of get lost in that mistake. You start ruminating it. Yeah, and you can't be present in the gig. It yeah, kind of throws things. It's in. the worst. Yeah. I like. At last tour we did, we opened with the hardest song on drums now, and it's. I've been practicing it for this next tour because we're also opening with it, and it's like I'm gonna make a mistake, but it. 
It feels like, I don't know if you ever pissed your pants in school, but like, <laughs> it feels like the time I pissed my pants in assembly at school. Like, <laughs> I've got to sit through the whole assembly. I've pissed my pants. Maybe other people know I've also pissed my <laughs> pants. But I've just got to sit there and fucking deal with it. Yeah, just got to take it. All right, that's, that's, we can get into the other question. How does Carnival write a song? What's the process? I feel like you guys don't have, for a band that is worshipped by progressive metal, like pretty heavy bands, fuck with you guys. Like, mm. they, they're always so like open and fucking terminally online about their process and all this shit, but Carnival's not. So you're going to now... I wouldn't say... I mean, if we had a process, it wouldn't be... 10 years since our last record. Yeah, but 10 years can be a process. Tools was 10 years because they had fucking big whiteboard and all that bollocks or whatever they were doing. It's a big whiteboard for 10 years. A <laughs> 10-year whiteboard? <laughs> yeah. We're going to need an 11-year one, I think, at least. Yeah. No, I think, God, it's different for every song. So Every song? Sometimes someone will come in with a riff or a bass line or a melody. We might jam it or Drew might start programming stuff to get, you know, a bass in the jam room together sometimes and then sometimes people will be doing it individually i mean yeah it kind of happens how it happens i suppose so like there'll be demos in oh man there's hard drives full of like half cooked ideas or like overproduced 20 second bites yeah but nothing else with it because we just haven't found the way to kind of Extract more stuff, I suppose. Fuck. Mm. So who's not putting their weight? Someone's not. <laughs> I think it's well, everyone at times. <laughs> ten and then, fucking yeah. years. <laughs> ten yeah. fucking years. I think it's more a case of everyone wants to have their say in the track, and oftentimes that means it's being pulled five different directions because everyone has an idea for things or a certain. I guess, direction they want to pull it in, which isn't always the best approach, I suppose. Yeah, but I was literally having this debate yesterday on Twitter, which is where I do most of my debating, <laughs> um, where, like, some band announced that four members of the band have left. It's a five-piece band. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the announcement was... That's a solo project, man. Yeah, the announcement was, like, we are sorry to announce that blah, 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 and blah have left the band. And it's like, I'm doing the maths while I'm reading it. I'm like, <laughs> well, hang on. That's, what do you mean we? We's doing a lot of work in that sentence. <laughs> like, I am sorry to announce everyone else in my yeah, band the, is fucking The we clear. are leaving. But then, do you know what was, and I thought that was funny. I made a funny joke about it, obviously, as you do. And then the replies of people going, I guess some people don't know that most bands are just one person. That's how music works these days. And it was like, I go on that person's profile and I'm like, oh no, this is, that's what's fucking wrong. But there is, so I think you need, we do the same way, exactly what you, sometimes we're in the jam room, sometimes someone has an idea, they bring it to the jam room, sometimes someone writes a whole song themselves. I feel like that is super important to being an actual band and not one guy with a bunch of other people, mm. as opposed to, like what just happened there where one guy just everyone else quit it's probably because one guy was writing fucking everything yeah I feel like there needs to be I mean everyone wants to have their creative input 
when it comes to writing songs. So you kind of want to feel that sense of connection with the material. But then I guess at this point when we don't have any music, you kind of think, well, the other side of the coin, one person writes it, the record's done. <laughs> we could have some. <laughs> yeah, we could actually be touring, you know. Do um, I've got a specific example, but I'm going to see if you mention the specific example first. Do any songs get written around a drum part? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So sometimes, I mean, sometimes Drew will have the, the sound awake. He'd like programmed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So that's already, I guess, the kind of starting point for something. So you kind of bring that in and then we'll jam that idea and then kind of develop it in the room. Other times. So wait, is he programming the fucking Steve Judd sound? Are you telling me that someone else is making this sound for you? What I mean by the Steve Judd sound is your absurd, in a good way, uh, mixing of like a 6-4 feel and a 4-4 feel. Do you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the Steve Judd signature for me is just the groups of three. Yeah, I was about to say, just playing with threes. Playing with threes, but in four. Yeah. But that's you, right? It's, it's everyone, I guess. Really? It's just the carnival. What's the song on Sound Awake? And it's like boom, ba boom, ba boom, boom, ba, and there's oh. a bling every time you the, hear a snare. Uh, the chordal law. The chordal law. Yeah. Who wrote that? Drew programmed it. Drew, pro- he programmed that. Yeah. And then you had to learn it. Yeah. So we basically that was he'd had that basically the outline of that thing programmed, and then not much of the music, just that kind of part with the effect sort of stuff in the background. And then we had to kind of get in a room and adapt it and write the rest of the. See, I would, I would have said that I would, I would have put money on that you came up with that drum beat and then they put whatever that noise is that happens at the same <laughs> time as the snare. Yeah, they would have done it that way around. Yeah. What if you fucking miss one of those snares and it goes? Oh man, the, I remember the first tour we did with the record. <laughs> yeah. So when Sound of Eight came out, we were basically playing the majority of the stuff of the old. And I remember there was one show. I couldn't, didn't play the start of the song because we started and then my monitors cut out. So I didn't have the click, oh, no. didn't have anything to play along to. And I was like, and obviously that's such a, such a syncopated groove. Yeah. And all I could hear, I was just Ding. trying to keep time with the kick drum and all I could hear is, yeah. all like, oh, yeah, Trying like, to keep time with, with the most insane yeah. like it, groups of threes. Uh, I was looking at the monitor dude going, I'm trying to think what that would sound like without <laughs> drums. It would just be. I think it was one of the first times we played it. Yeah, King. it would almost <laughs> sound like a completely out of time four-four count because yeah. of the way the phrasing is. And they're you know obviously ringing out chords through the start. So I just remember Hoss turning around going, "I was like, I've got nothing." He's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I, I had to wait it out. That's the kind of thing though that you you guys can get away with like a jazz moment yeah like that was well, that was very uh, minimal yeah <laughs> minimalistic jazz. Oh, i loved what you did with uh, the court of law tonight yeah that extra space was so nice <laughs> very, very pink floyd <laughs> very lovely the first time i ever saw you guys right and i've said this on the podcast before so i like to apologize in person great all right i didn't check out carnival for the longest time because of the name because i saw the name and in my head <laughs> and, now, and now I know the band, I get it. In my head, I thought, 
like German war metal <laughs> but kind of band. Yeah, very similar. Sure. <laughs> no, but like, I was like, now nah, everyone was like, you've got to check out this band Carnival, you're going to love it. Like, because they knew I'd love it. And it was like when everyone was like, you've got to watch Breaking Bad. I was like, fuck you. I'm not doing no, that. You're one of those people. <laughs> and then I did it. I'm like, okay, it's the best fucking thing on earth. Yeah. But the same same thing with Carnival, and I still didn't check it out. And then it was Sonosphere Festival 2010, so it would have yeah. been on that tour. Maybe it was the gig. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because I didn't know the songs. I was like, oh, go check out that band. You were like first on. Yeah. Second main stage or something. Went, and I think I walked in to setting fire to the hive, and I just went, oh, my God. I'm really. I turned to my mate Chris, who was there at the time. I was like, "I'm really sorry, I didn't check out this band." <laughs> and I was fucking blown away. And I think you ended with change, yeah. with the fucking the bit at the end of change, the yeah. the drum part. Who wrote that? That was just just a jam. Just the end of the. Stu- so we'd finished the song, tracked it, then in another studio, tracked the outro for it. Really, so it was just a click running. I was just kind of playing some ideas. We basically had like probably four times the length of what's at the end of the song and then just cut out the best bits. Ah, that's fucking cool. Mm. And then you had to learn it from the cutout version. Well, yeah. I think that's half the stuff I've played because a lot of, I mean, a lot of it's written and then a lot of it's just kind of feeling out ideas. Yeah. And then we've never actually had a, an album written going in to record it. So a lot of it's been finished in the studio. So then the back end of the recording process, everyone has to go back and like relearn all their stuff. Yeah. And that's my least favorite bit as well. Whenever we have a section that's like a proggier section or, yeah, just give me like 10 takes of just jam stuff. And then I'm like, cool, like were any of those good? And it's like, yeah, yeah. And then the producer cuts it up and I'm like, oh, I just have to learn that insane feel into that yeah. part and that bit into that bit. Yeah. But they, they are right though. They do make the best bit. Yeah. They make the best 100%. stuff. 100%. Sometimes, but I mean, God, we don't even, you know, it's not like we tour a lot either. So I think before um, before all the COVID stuff, we were actually supposed to do the Sound Awake anniversary tour and we hadn't played maybe half the material for quite a while. So going back to try and relearn the album start to finish, I guess, you know, in 10 years, your playing evolves quite a bit. Yeah. So a lot of the, even just the stickings of some of the stuff, I couldn't get, I couldn't wrap my head around. I couldn't remember how I'd done it. Yeah. So I was playing things going, I mean, it sounds right, but feels horrible. So yeah. it took ages to kind of just try and remember the patterns for it. Do you find that a lot with like songs over time, the way they, they, they silently change from the record and you don't realize and then yeah. you listen back to the record? Oh, oh, yeah. Every tour we do. So we'd probably tour what we've toured once last year. And this, and this one this year. Each tour I have to go back and like revise whatever set list we're doing and I always forget how the songs go. So I have to go in and relearn everything every time. But the last – so we did this monolith festival with a bunch of prog bands back home in August last year and prior to that we hadn't toured in a couple of years. So in my head I'm playing like, oh, yeah, this is how it goes. And I went through and every song I was like, I'm so far off. Like, it was incredible. And in my head, I was like, no, this is how it goes. But it was way off, so. Do you ever, like, chart anything out? Can you sight read? Not well. So I can read, but I'll write out, like, cheat sheet notes. Yeah. 
but I try and do it as little as possible. So I basically just commit to memory if I can. What's your What's your musical upbringing like? When did you start? I started playing. I seriously started playing drums probably when I was like thirteen, fourteen. Um, kind of got my parents to buy a drum kit. Or well, my dad said he'd whatever I could save. So I was probably about fifteen at the time. Yeah. He'd put in the same amount. So I think the first kit I had was like this shitty little pearl wood fiberglass thing. Oh, I know the ones. Oh, yeah. Like this blue. The Steel pearl though. Oh, yeah. Good for you. Steel pearl. Good yeah, for all you. All the way. I mean, I did have a yummy in there too, but I don't discuss <laughs> that. Yeah. So, the you know, it was just shitty hardware. I think I'd saved up and bought some like, headliner symbols. Fucking hell, yeah. Yeah. That was the first proper symbol I had, if you can call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... Did you have lessons or... No. Self-taught? Yeah. Motherfucker. So I used to just play at home every you day. never had lessons? I had one lesson about one, five years in. One lesson? Mm. Sometimes I feel like I shouldn't have had lessons. Every time I get someone on here who's fucking really good, and you know what, it's always the prog guys, <laughs> right? And I'm like, so who was your drum teacher? And like, I didn't have one. Jay from Tesseract didn't, self-taught. And you're all like doing the octopus shit. <laughs> That's fine. So what sort of stuff, like what were you doing? Just playing along to songs? Yeah, so when I got my kit, I used to just set up the stereo, put the headphones on. My dad was into like Zeppelin, Stones, like all the old rock stuff. So I kind of just play along to all that. And then I used to spend all my pocket money on CDs and everything. So I'd just go buy random styles, random artists, play along to that and kind of – so I ended up when I was at the drum shop because, you know, you have all the books and everything yeah. there. So I just started buying them and taught myself how to read so I could actually – because it was just so much material. I was like, well, if I can read, then I can use it. So so you kind of taught yourself. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. And then – so what, the first band – what kind of style? I'm trying to oh get. A, a, I'm trying to get a glimpse of like the stylistic, like how you end up in Carnival. First band was God. I did a music course at TAFE, which is like oh, it was a really like new metal. This is like early two thousands. Nice, proper new metal. Terrible, <laughs> but like. Fun at the time, and how, I remember how tight was your snare tuned? Oh, as tight as it could. That that was my tuning technique. Just crank it all the way up and when, hope that it doesn't pop. <laughs> when, yeah, when when you go past the noise of the head yeah. and it starts going, yeah. <laughs> you know you've got that lug working. Yeah, you too. can see the ed- edge of the rim of the head kind of just bending a bit. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I liked it. Yeah. So I, God, I remember the first show we did was at this bar, um, in Perth. So I would have been like 18, 19. And my parents, so my parents have basically been coming all, to, all, all, they've been coming to all the shows since I've been playing. Yeah. And that was the first one they came to. And they were like, <laughs> kind of politely nodding along. Yes, because it was just so bad. Like, what kind of bad though? Like, ah, uh, like, give me, give me your influences. What was the name of the band? Beside the point. So Fuck yeah, that's a that's, new metal that's name. That's a new metal name and we used to do 
Snot, remember that band? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. We used to do a snot cover. Oh, you need the snare tune fucking high yeah. for that. So, oh, I had to replicate it. Was yeah. it that first? Was it the first track on the fucking snot album where he just goes, <gasps> snot? <laughs> that song fucking rules. I used to rules. love that song. <laughs> yeah, that song fucking rules. Yeah, yeah. I can't actually remember which one it was now, but I know we did a snot cover. So it was all basically yeah. that. I mixed mean, with that's, a bit of new that's metal. kind of, I feel like snot is a more credible Influence, yeah. I mean, to have. I don't know what the members of Snot are up to now. They might be fucking paedophiles. I don't know. So, <laughs> so, you know I mean, not saying I'm not saying anyone in Snot's a paedophile, but I just I don't know. So, yeah, me saying they're credible. <laughs> well, you're not going to get me. That's. I think that's enough said on them. <laughs> <laughs> Big influence at the time. <laughs> at the time, we don't know what they're the up time, to now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we kind of we're along those lines. And I just remember seeing my parents at the gig like, oh, very good, son. That's nice. Well, well done. <laughs> and then nice. started playing in another band. It was probably more uh, like at the drive-in glass mm. jaw with like proggy riffs. Um, and then I think it was probably around that time that, the Vool guys had just recorded um, The Martyr. You weren't on that? No, so I joined. So Drew played on that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they'd recorded it. This is must, the end of 2004, I think this was. So Fuck me, you love a gap in between albums. Jesus Christ, yeah. boys. Well, it was four <laughs> years every time until this 10-year break. So. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> we were thinking we were on the Olympic cycle for a oh, while. Oh, nice. Like, yeah. yeah. We've uh, we've punished that now, but yeah. So he played on that. Then recorded the album. Obviously needed a drummer, and then Kenny and I think it was just Kenny actually was coming to a couple of the shows from the other band I was playing with. And then um, the guitarist I was playing with at the time was like, oh, "Well, they're gonna they're gonna ask you to join." And were you like, just the best part of the band? And, Come on, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not the one saying that. I okay, I've said it. I don't even know him. Um, and then, yeah, we did a show and Kenny was like, you know, we're after a drummer. Do you want to come have a jam? And I was like, yeah, sure, we'll have a jam. And then that was kind of it. How big were Carnival after Samata in Australia? Well, in, God, they had a big, I mean, Perth, small city, but big following in Perth. Yeah. They'd done like one or two mini like national tours. Um, so they had a bit of like a groundswell going. This is pre-Thamata. And then I did a few shows with them back home before the record came out. I guess it was more of a like audition, I suppose. Yeah. So we did a few shows. The first show I did with them actually, I was I got so drunk. The room was spinning and it was the first time I'd played with a click track. So we took some friends you down. You are fucking stressing me out with all these stories. <laughs> we took some friends down. Everyone was, was a bit of a party vibe. Yeah. Everyone was kind of hanging out. And then I sat at the kit. It was one of the support band's drummer's kit. Had a rack and everything. And I was oh. like, everything's unfamiliar. Sat at the kit. The room started doing this because we'd been on the bourbon all night. Oh, no. And I was like, well, this can't be good. I just remember John telling me, he goes, it was funny because all the songs to click were fine. But all the songs that weren't to click were like I mean, real that, fast and that's all. That's me without booze. <laughs> so that was God. That was a bit of a shocker. That was the first show, 
The next night we did another one. Obviously didn't drink as much. And then after the show, Kenny was like, oh, that was pretty good. Much, maybe Much better. Maybe we don't drink before. <laughs> I thought, yeah, 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 sure. How many, pe- how many people are these shows to? Because I oh, can't. Like small. Yeah. 300 maybe, two, 300 small rooms. And then Sound Awake, band blew up. Yeah, well, so Thamada, the band, I don't know if you know much about Triple J, the radio, sh- yeah. radio station back home, um, started playing a few tracks. They used to have this Net 50, yeah, which was like an internet-voted countdown, and a couple of the tracks off Thamada started getting in that. So we got a little bit of rotation and then... I think another band from Australia, Cog, like kind of progressive band. Uh, we did their album tour, which kind of coincided with the release of ours and then basically just started working the touring circuit and, yeah, took our time with that. What was your first overseas tour? The first overseas one we did was, I think, 2007 in the States with Nonpoint. Fucking hell. Skindred oh, and UK boys Ankler That's such, a, such an interesting tour How was yeah. that? Interesting? It, it was fun <laughs> But Lost a lot of money? Oh 100% <laughs> It's the only way to tour at that, yeah. at that level But I think it was a long tour man It was like Eight Eight and a half weeks maybe Fuck mm. In a van Yeah mm. Yeah Fun and, uh, What are the little sprinter vans? <laughs> oh No uh, What? Sat upright, yeah. one of the ones with benches. So we were just staying in like Super 8s. Oh, yeah. Motel 6, like all that thing. <sighs> yeah, doing the could, hard slog. Could, could you go back to that now? <laughs> no, there's no way. No there's way. no fuck. You can't no, go back. No, there's no fucking way. No. It's weird, isn't it? Because at the time you're like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And then the minute you taste a little bit of bus life, bandwagon life. Yeah. Oh, any, any step up. There's no going back. Yeah. It's t- like, if you do it, when was the last time you did America? Shit. A while ago. 2012, maybe? Who was that with? Would that have been asymmetry? Before asymmetry. Was that 2013? Yeah, so asymmetry yeah. was 2013. 2012, I think, was the last time we were over. Um, Fair to Midland, I think, was the band we played with. It's such a weird, like, you guys get put on weird bills. Yeah. Always. It's just super interesting. You ever played Batool? No. Like, that's where I'd put Carnival. Yeah. Not only just because of the OLL. This is what end. we get a lot. <laughs> but, like, do you know what? It's in the name. So, what, right. What the fuck is the name? While we're on the subject. Oh, uh, this was before my time. So yeah, come I... on. So, you can throw him under the bus for it. <laughs> what the fuck does it mean? Don't know. I no think one it was knows. Just sounded cool. Very new metal influence. Yeah, I was about to say, sounded cool yeah. in 2000 and fucking yeah. three. In 99, it sounded cool. So yeah. That's what they went with. I remember when I first joined the band, we were talking on, was it MSN? Oh, Messenger? wow, yeah. yeah. I'm there, I can feel they it. They were talking about, oh, so, you know, the band name, what do we want to do with it? And I just remember being the only one going, oh, you should probably change it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I mean, it's... It's fucking unique. It is. It's funny trying to explain it to people, though. I had a massage the other day, and um, the lady was like, oh, so you're you playing tonight, are you? I said, yep. Oh, what's the name of the band? I said, oh, Carnival. She goes, oh, like, 
And I, no. no. He's got two O's and with a K. With a K. Oh, K. And then try to spell it out. I was like, no, no, with the, with two, the two O's. Two O's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what type of massage are you going for on tour? Reme- remedial. What does remedial mean? Like Not, sports massage, deep yeah. tissue. Yeah. I'm like, do you go, do you have a specific, like, what do you look for? Because I'm, I'm big on massages when I'm on tour. Like, I go, always go to a Thai massage because I know they're going to fucking beat the fuck out of me. Yeah. They're so good at it. I hate it. Two things I hate. I hate when you go and they don't go deep enough even though you've asked for deep. Yeah. And just, you just get in a rub. And the other way, I hate it when they ask if you want to get jerked off at the end <laughs> because it's like which doesn't happen in the Thai places because they're like professionals but I mean sometimes particularly in America it's funny looking up the massage places because you know a bunch of the crew guys are all trying to find massages some of the band guys and you look up the pictures on Google and <laughs> there's always yeah. a bed and I'm like, if it's on a bed yeah, you know what you're in for and it's, and it's annoying because it's like I just want the massage yeah. But it's either, and obviously this is hypothetically speaking, it's either <laughs> there's a great massage and no tug, which is great, that's what I want. Yeah. Or it's a fucking awful massage and a tug. <laughs> but I want the massage to be good. Yeah. I'm yet to find one that's good at both. <laughs> yeah. You can't find, you can't find, that's two different skills. <laughs> exactly. You can't, there's, there's a two, certainly two different grips involved. Yeah. You can't be putting the same <laughs> amount of... You can't put a sports massage pressure. No, you're just going to strangle things. You know? Yeah, it's not going to be good. <laughs> um, so, I want to get more into why you're so fucking good at drums. Who's your, who's your go-to influences? Oh, these days? Uh, give, me, give, me, give me two. Give me growing up Steve, baby Steve influences, new metal Steve. You got a librette piercing? You got any? any? No piercing there. I have managed to avoid that. I did think about the eyebrow thing oh, for a while, yeah. but I can <laughs> see it. It would have been great. He's passed, fortunately. Lucky. Um, God, I used to love Chad Smith when I was younger. Um, bought the snare and everything. It's such a such a great snare. Yeah, I wish I, I kind of wish I kept it. But Do I, they still make it? I think so. You're a pearl ambassador. I know. Friend. You should be doing but this. But I don't use those snares, so. I, I, li- I remember I, I had a Chad Smith, pearl Chad Smith back in the day mm. before when I was just playing you can whatever. You tune those things really hard. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that was part of it. You could fucking really crank. Man, that was made for new metal. I think that was before all of the companies started, like, manufacturing the lugs so they didn't break. <laughs> like, And it was just like, fucking right, I cranked that up. Yeah. But for the money, that was a great snare. Yeah, that's one of my... Best early pickups, I think. So I used to like, yeah, Chad Smith, Mitch Mitchell when I was younger. Um, then probably when I just started exiting the new metal phase, uh, I started getting into my sugar. Yeah. There it is. That's out. We'll see you later. There's the buzzword that's in every single yeah. episode of the podcast. You got to do it, you know. I think I liked bits and pieces of the stuff. Like I don't really listen to a lot of heavy music, but at the time – Nothing for me was just mm. great because you know super heavy, but killer grooves on that thing. So and like the production at the time, nothing was like ninety nine. It was like the production was still like, oh, this is real. This is mm. real because no one could really fake well, it. Well, they did a real. I hate. Yeah, same. I was about to say that. Like I was all excited about it. Like I wonder how 
it, you know, how they'll improve it, but... There's no ghost worse. notes. Yeah, the yeah, ghost yeah. notes are gone. It's worse. It's so insane. And someone told me... Someone told me that when they remixed it, supposedly all they changed was they switched to eight-string guitars and it was because that they said that they wanted to do seven strings. But then someone told me that the drums on the new one are programmed, which I can believe when you listen to it. Yeah. But no, like all of those, all the ghost notes in like... Well, they just kind of suck the life out of it. Yeah, that nice like kind of shitty drum sound but mm. not, not like shitty shitty but like yeah real yeah <laughs> gone yeah. don't do that guys someone else did that recently don't know if you're not into heavy music you're not gonna like Dimmu Borgir but they did that recently they, they're like classic album where the drums sound like a keyboard like in the best possible way like <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they redid it and said oh this sounds yeah sounds correct Rubbish. Let me take just an incy wincy spider of a minute to tell you about the sponsor of today's podcast, Athletic Greens. AG1 by Athletic Greens is a foundational nutritional drink containing 75 concentrated superfoods, adaptogens, antioxidants, and it fills gaps in your nutrition with a special formula designed to boost cellular health on the daily. Your immune system boosted your stress levels non-boosted whatever the maths for that is regular listeners know and you know by now all i do is take supplements for my health and hang out right sometimes i'm trying to take supplements through an airport and i've got my multivitamin i got my vitamin d3 i got my ashwagandha for stress if you don't know about ashwagandha drop a google and relax yourself. I got my methylated P5P. I got my methylated B12. I got all of these things in individual pills, and the border security hate me for it. And then when they, once they've looked at those and seen a bunch of pills, guess what? They look for all my pockets and all this other shit, and go look at me. They go, this guy's got drugs. I don't have drugs. All I've got now is one scoop of AG1, which I take once a day with about 450 milliliters of water thanks to these lovely travel packs these ag1 travel packs i just take those in my suitcase someone has a look at it and they go well that's normal that's fine in you come not only am i not in jail for having an abundance of erroneous white powder in my suitcase but i am energized i have a boosted immune system my stress levels are depleted and i'm getting that extra bit of hydration by having the one scoop of ag1 with a bit of water every single morning you know it by now first time i took it i forgot that i'd had a coffee now i have one less coffee in the morning i have my ag1 then I have my coffee later on. I'm still having coffee, guys. I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm, I'll still always be having coffee. But the energy that I get from AG1, it is noticeable. If you're watching this and I'm in Australia or whatever, I'm probably not sick. I probably didn't get the bus flu because I had my micronutrients covered by AG1. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2. K2 is insanely important and not enough people are supplementing on it. Ain't got time to tell you, but drop a Google on those two 
alone. Almost everyone in the world is deficient. And they're giving you five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash the downbeat. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash the downbeat. Support me, support the podcast, support your health and wellness. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, were you ever a uh, new metal kid? Oh, fuck yeah, I was. I was a <laughs> massive new metal kid. I think every fucking trend there was, I was doing it at some point. Yeah. But the thing was, I loved also like, around that sort of time. Like, like, my parents bought, when I was like super, super young, my parents bought the Fuji's, the score, right? Yes. When it came out, like 96, Very hip. 96 or whatever it was. My parents, like, musically, fucking, they don't play any instruments, but like, my dad's mad into music. So, nice. growing up, massively diverse, whatever. So, Fuji's. And like the dog father, Snoop Doggy Dog, <laughs> right? So I liked that shit when I was a kid. And then I liked Beavis and Butthead, which then got me into Megadeth and Metallica and shit like that. Yeah. And then New Metal came out and I was like, oh, that's a mix of the two. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. Oh, and worlds collapse. This is absolutely perfect. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard the first Corn album. It wasn't even the first Corn album was the first one I heard. It was... Uh, Life is peachy. Yeah. Someone someone had it at school and put it on. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what is that bass doing? Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. I was just fucking hooked. Great. Loved it. Who else? Oh, my God. I, I suppose we can talk about it. The uh, I don't suppose you followed up with the drummer that was in Corn. David Silvera did a uh, like I, iconic drummer back in the day, but he came back with a new band called core 10 oh no missed it good <laughs> <laughs> i'm not joking like it really it was like sad yeah. like because i heard he got kicked out because he refused to play to a click and, and it's like i can understand it like you can hear that i mean you can hear it <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it but not to throw him under the bus but then he came out with this new band recently and it, they launched with like a live, and I don't want to shit on it, but launched with a live, I'll let what I'm about to tell you do the talking. Launched with a live playthrough of a song, the whole band, but like mic'd up like it was a gig. Mm. So you are getting the real band. And the comments were so crazy on YouTube that they took the whole fucking thing down. <laughs> and then they released one more single after that. Similar thing happened, and then he left the band. Wow, he left his own band. Public uh, backlash, but he was a he was a big influence back in the day for me. Any of those like old, I was I've always secretly been a Tama kid, even when I didn't. The second kit was a Tama kit. Hmm. Anyone that was playing Tama, I was mega into it. Deftones, yeah, corn, big Deftones kid. Yeah, I feel like I don't really have any like dark new metal secrets. Can't think. What's the what, what's the most embarrassing one? Do you reckon the most embarrassing one to say? Yeah, I really liked or like that band. Oh, I don't know. Such a terrible era. Everyone claims the Limp Biscuit thing. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. 
I feel like as drummers, we can sort of get away with this because some banging grooves and some banging drum sounds yeah. on almost every new metal album. Very slick production on a lot of them too. Luckily, one of the key mainstays of such a terrible genre of music <laughs> is that the drums have to sound and be great. Yeah. Our P- P.O.D.? We were just, so, dressing room conversation the other night. I was trying to remember, fuck, something popped into my head. It was a P.O.D., so what was their big single? Um, Youth of a Nation was one of them, and... Alive? Alive, yeah. They had one other one. Anyway. We are, we are. Yes. The youth, youth of the of nation. The nation. <laughs> That's a fucking banger. I walked into the dressing room. I hadn't hadn't heard this in forever and started whistling it. And I was just like going about my business. This is post-show. That's the new metal kid yeah. just and coming like, out. Ah, getting my drinks and stuff. And How many drinks? <laughs> ah, this is post-show, so I'm on the waters now. Grabbed a couple of bottles and Kenny's like, I think he was in the toilet next door. He pops out, he's like, is that a P.O.D.? <laughs> yeah. When did you hear that? Like. I haven't heard that in forever. How weird. He's like, oh, yeah, what other songs? And then I had to look them up. So yeah. they're the three that came oh, up. And I, I like, saw them oh. like relatively recently yeah. and they were so fucking good. It was crazy. <laughs> the drummer was unbelievably good, like yeah. in the pocket. I knew all the songs, even though I couldn't <laughs> name you one. It was like every single one that was on. And then I was, I was kind of a, oh, I was weird because I, I, I like punk as well. So yeah. I was like. Kind of like rancid and all of the like punk punk like bands, legit punk. Yeah, and then I can I guess I guess I just loved music more than I do now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's fine. I like it now. I need to be like I feel like I need to be mentally tickled. Yeah, by music. I mean, it's a different different game now. Like I remember, you know, as everyone does, you're a kid, CDs, cassettes, whatever you're into, but there was just a different way of consuming music. You know, you'd kind of buy something, you'd be investing in the product, you're going through all the like liner notes and yeah. everything. Now it's just you might listen to one song on Spotify and not even know who it's by and, you know, I think what? it's just too accessible and easily consumed these days. So you're saying we should gatekeep it more, gatekeep music 100%. more? 100%. Yeah. There's less investment in the product, I think. <laughs> Do you know what? There's a big debate, and I, I'm literally, it's probably carried over three or four episodes, so I'll see how you, you feel about it as someone who hasn't released an album in 10 years. No. Since there were CDs readily available. <laughs> Fuck me, yeah. Um, but realistically, like, what you're seeing now these days, and it's exactly like a spin-off of what you're, you know, what you're explaining, is bands are releasing six singles mm. out of a 10-track record. And it's the only way, other than buying plays or buying playlisting by selling your royalties, then it's the only way you can keep the fucking Spotify monthly listeners uh, metric high enough yep. to get playlisted and to get all this other stuff. You're just trying to maximise engagement, aren't you? Yeah, but I feel like we're in the same generation of like, I need an album. Yeah, But I'm really trying my hardest to get out of that mindset because I know it's not the future. Oh, no way. It's, I mean, you see it now. As you say, a lot of bands are just drip-feeding singles until there's an album's worth of material out there anyway. But, so it's, again, just comes down to the way people are consuming it and how to generate more engagement for the band. But for me, I'd prefer to listen to an album by a band than 
you know, drip fed singles. Yeah. I like at the gym, I like a playlist or something. Or like, oh, oh, man, I have the worst gym playlist of all what, time. Why? What's going on? It's R&B slow jams. Like, really? <laughs> You're deadlifting to like fucking D'Angelo. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. Want some of your pressure. <laughs> I remember being at a gym, uh, one of the guys I used to play with, we'd go to the gym together on tour and he'd like have his, you know, heavy music That's going. His, yeah. And then he took his headphones off. He's like, yeah. <laughs> you listen to Ariana Grande? I was like, yeah, gets me going, bro. Nice and relaxed. Get actually it. get you going. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Ariana Grande, you know, respectfully gets me going. But um, <laughs> the, I actually had an idea for a sketch. I've got a folder in my phone of sketches. I want to do a sketch show at some point. And one of the sketches is so close to what you're explaining there is two guys at a gym and they're like training. They've both got headphones on and take the headphones off for whatever reason. Or they've got the headphones off, but they do have big headphones. No one steal this idea, by the way. Um, and then they just start talking like, oh, man, I'm glad we brought our headphones. Like, I can't really, you can't get, there's no atmosphere in the gym and it's like boring, like club music or whatever. You can't really, there's no atmosphere. And one guy puts his stuff on and it's really heavy and whatever. And then the other guy puts his headphones on and he's like, yeah, I fully agree. Like, you can't, how are you supposed to train to this? He puts it on and it's a crazy frog. <laughs> like, I mean, we could have lived out that scenario <laughs> today. <laughs> By accident. You're actually just listening to crazy frog. Um, so you can't tell me you got an album out. Because you haven't got an album out. No, we don't have an album out. So, the single, what's the single called? All I, It Takes. I should know this, yeah. So, you all got together to record that in a studio? No, we recorded it all separately. Where did you do the drums? I did the drums, shit. We did Good Things Festival. Yeah. At the end of 2019, I think it was. And then I hung around in Brisbane with Forrester and recorded it in Brizzy. Fuck, I can't remember the name of the studio. But I recorded drums with Forry then. Just on whatever he had? No, we hired gear. Um, and then probably a month after that, they recorded some of the other stuff. But it was all demoed by this point? Ah, uh, yeah, we'd kind of, that was one of the, I guess, more finished things. So basically tracking for that was just playing it start to finish a couple of times and then just do it little fix-ups in the middle yeah. and some easy. fill options and stuff, yeah. Super fucking easy. What symbols are you playing? I thought you played Sabian. You don't play Zildjian. No, Zildjian. What am I playing? Yeah, talk me through this setup. You got anything, anything spicy in there? No, I did actually bring the wrong China on this tour because, you know, oh, no. we're trying to save money on... China's well <laughs> everything at the, at this point so we had um we're trying to cut basically bring the essentials only yeah so I brought symbols and that was it for this tour nice the dream travel though yes but I had two of the same China back home but one had a massive body crack in it oh no and I just opened the symbol case and saw the edge of it and went yeah it's in there and then when we got to the first show I hit it went god that's quiet a massive crack and you only it. got one well we swapped it out but oh okay problem solved now but there was a few shows i played it for the first four shows so by the end you know big bits like, oh yeah there's, i'm hitting it's like be perfect for the end of change though 
Yeah, I'll bring it back tonight. <laughs> yeah, bring it back for that. Yeah. Um, so what? You had a spare. You didn't have a spare, or you no, just got you got one sorted out. Sorted out over here. I was gonna say I could lend you some, but we get in trouble. Yeah. Can't switch brands. Bro. You can't. That's part, <laughs> it's part of part of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and you're playing. You've got what's your kit set up? Come on, people love drums. We're, we're, oh, it's a, I feel uh, like you don't care about the drums. It's well, they're not mine, but they're nice. It's a reference. Um, oh, do you? Like, everyone knows I'm fucking Tamar through and through. Reference is the best thing Pearl's ever made. The reference is nice. I actually play a Masterworks back home. What's the Masterworks? Uh, it's the one where you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. What wood is it? So I did a maple mahogany blend. Ooh. And I kind of fucked up the kick drum. I put a bit of birch in it. What happened? It sounds fine. It doesn't have as much of the bottom end carry as I wanted. Um, sounds great though. The rest of it is amazing. What finish? What finish? Because Masterworks is the one where you could go, oh, Spider-Man, and they go, okay, Spider-Man. Yeah, it's a, God, I couldn't even think of it. It's a bluey white finish. Bluey white? Yeah, bluey white. I think it's the it's official. Bluey, bluey white. Is it, brand. is it spiky? Uh, spiky, is it uh, sparkly or? No sparkles. No sparkles. Gold hardware though. Oh. Or gold rims, so. Gold, bluey, whitey. Yeah. Very, very regal. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the I Commonwealth. Feel, I feel very precious playing. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. And what's your symbol set up in terms of like how many how many things you got? Because so I did a here, reaction video for I, you and there was a lot of shit. Yeah, I saw. Did you see it? Yeah. Did you I, hate me? No. <laughs> I was very nice about you, but I'm just, I'm aware I'm very annoying. My, yeah, one of my friends sent it to me. Actually, Brody told me about it as well. So we were watching it and he was like, Check this bit out. And he's like, the bit about the steroids? And he's like, hey? Oh. And I was like, I was just huge at the time, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember you were fucking jacked. What did I say about steroids? Uh, something about doing a cycle. Oh, yeah. I thought that was quite entertaining. It was, it was Steve Jack. Because I think I maybe switched through like two or three different videos and I was like, whoa, hold on a minute. It's going on with those it's fucking... pre-workout. It's going on with those fucking delts, bro. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, yeah, oh, you've already got the needles. The perfect crime. I know. And <laughs> I've got the insulin. Yeah, <laughs> just, just fucking load it up with a double. Man, I should be selling that at the gym, to be honest. Yeah. Extra coin on the road. Yeah, you fucking um, kill some people, though. <laughs> yeah, got to crack a few eggs, I guess. Yeah, true. <laughs> to get, to get well, fucking for the protein. jacked. For the protein. Yeah. Um, yeah, symbols, man. On tour, I'm running eight, ten K splashes. I just... I was running on the last two of 16-inch sweet hats. 16s? Because I don't really play a lot of doubles and the pedals are too far apart. So normally when I'm playing at home, the hats are right there. The space with the doubles, obviously the hats are further yeah. away. So I just got bigger hats. I thought that would solve the problem. So I was running 16s. Um, it does solve the problem to an extent. It does, but your feet are still quite far apart. And you're not playing the sweet spot of the symbol. Yeah. So my drum tech actually cut his the arm of his double kick pedal down so he could have them closer. So he did one of them for me. So Do I've you play with your, your kick straight in front of you? Kind of semi-angled. Because I play with mine quite a lot angled so I can have my pedals really tight to each other. Yeah. But it, sound guys hate it. Studio guys hate it. The rest of the band hates it because <laughs> like, it just looks weird. Yeah. 
So my well, might have. I mean, you know, they're pretty flat, I guess. Um, but because they're closer now, I've gone back to the fifteens. So I'm running the fifteen k suites, a nineteen and twenty projection. Big. Actually, just a twenty a custom Big. nineteen projection. Twenty crash of doom. Oh, Twenty two big, big boy shit. Yeah. I like it. It's got to take a bit of punishment. Yeah. Twenty two. Yeah. What's your ride? K custom dark. I think. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing you play tonight. Yeah, that thing's fucking awesome. So, I used to I used to run a K twenty one crash ride. I know and the then ones. Yeah. Switch them out during the set. Oh, that I did that in the reaction video. Someone comes over and switches your symbol out, and yes. I was like, the "Fuck is going on there?" Yeah. So, because I, I used that for a bunch of tracks on Sound of Weight, so for the tour, I was like, "I'll just switch them out." You know, people switch guitars or switch rides, and then it's weird how it's not a thing. No, our manager was like, "Why are you swapping symbols?" I said, "Because they're two different sounds." But it was like blowing his mind. He's like, "Why don't you just use one?" And yeah, then, it's, it's weird. But guitars, but, it's fine. Yeah. So for ages, I was like, no, we'll use both. And then Why I Why don't you just use the acoustic guitar? <laughs> I, yeah. It sounds it's, it's the same instrument. <laughs> so then I ended up just getting, trying a few different rides that I could do both on, I suppose. So the 22 Dark crashes really well. So I kind of give that a bit of a beating and it sounds great. Uh, and then the 19 Hybrid, K Hybrid. China. Just, that's, that's a fucking China, that is. Yeah, especially without a crack. Without a crack, lovely. It sounds beautiful. Not saying that they do crack, but all fucking symbols crack. Especially with Chinas. I find the Chinas that sound good, they're going to fucking crack. I could tell you a China that is not going to crack, but it's not <laughs> going to sound fucking good. Yeah. Something about the way a China needs to be made. That bit. A needs, bit thin. Needs to be thin. <laughs> yeah. The the point where you strike it at an angle needs yeah. to be thin as fuck. Yeah. And then I've got my little stack happening, which kind of just varies tour to tour. Where is it on the kit? Underneath the 20 crash, but between that and the China. So how many, how over many times you got? Four. So 10, 12... 1618. So it sits between the 1618. What a big, lovely drum kit. Mm. What snare? What snare you got on there? I usually, I'm actually using the, on this run, the first time I've used it, the 14, six and a half reference brass wood. Oh, the wood one. So it's a 20 ply wood. Big, big, thick one. I never was a big fan of the wood stuff, but that's kind of held up through this tour. I feel like. Sorry, Karen. Normally I use the brass, so yeah. that's my go-to, the brass reference. It's a fucking beast. It's very loud, yeah. which works for this band. Three millimeter brass, can't fucking beat it. Yeah. Camabell brass, Pearl reference, there's a bunch of others, but yeah. DW makes one. Oh, stop talking about other companies like they could. <laughs> Fuck off. What, uh, what's your snare? I I have a Tamabell brass. That's my, like goated fucking snare but I, I was touring it and then it was just like it's now like they sell for 10 grand on ebay and yeah. i'm like i keep seeing dave Ehrlich flogging them off yeah. how many did that motherfucker got had too many bro. yeah so like i had that was my go-to and then now i've got actually alan from bk drums made me a five mil 
bell bronze. Shit. And it's, it weighs 42 pounds with the bell bronze hoops. And it's like, I was like, yeah, that would be my touring snare. Number one, <laughs> I don't want to carry 42 pounds around everywhere. Number two, Tamar were like, why aren't you playing a Tamar snare? I was like, okay, fair enough. So at the moment I'm playing the steel, it's like stainless steel Tamar SLP, 14 by six and a half. And it sounds like Abe Cunningham, even though he didn't play a metal snare. He played the one with the holes in it. Yeah. It just sounds like White Pony. Nice. So that's my fucking go-to. I wish there is a... Tamar makes a... I don't like the way it looks. Sorry to fucking... Sorry to be, <laughs> be critical of a company. But like... Because it's a signature drum. Obviously, everyone's got a signature. People probably don't like my big fucking pink ugly logo. So it's like, you don't have to comment, but... And it's nice. Thank you. Yeah. That'll do. Uh, but like... It's got JT for John, John Tempesta, and it looks a bit like a NASCAR, which I'm sure like America, <laughs> Americans love it. Yeah. Aside from that, it's two millimeter brass, so it's like a bit thicker than a normal one, a bit thinner and lighter than another one. It sounds fucking incredible, mm. but I haven't got one. But I'd like one, please. After that ad for it, I'd <laughs> actually really like one. They're very good. We'll take two. What, what paddles you mean? Uh... Just the eliminators. What, what cam? That's what every, every, the word on everyone's lips. Oh, cam. I've just switched to white cams, actually. I used to run, God, back in the day. Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. Back in the day, I used to run a blue on the right and a red, red. No! on the left. <laughs> yeah. And what then the I used fuck? to wear, I used to be That's like. That's like wearing fucking, like. Shoes, different shoes. Yeah, that's what I did. I used to wear no fucking way, and I'd have a blue chuck on the right, red on the left, and, and they were to match the camps. Yeah. I mean, that's actually sick. I'm up for that. <laughs> that's fucking insane. I used to be like quite anal about all the setup stuff, and why you're quite a stylish man. I noticed that when you were walking to my car, I was like, oh, Steve's got the drip. Yeah. I mean, I have been in trackies the entire tour, so that's been good. I mean, you can still be, you can have tracky drip. Yeah, it's a good look. What, um, what do you do? Right, and it's going to sound slightly insulting, but I don't mean it to be slightly insulting. Like, but obviously, if you haven't put an album out in so long, what are you doing when you're at home? You've got a job, job, job. I do. I hate to smash the reality of musicians oh, no. for everyone, but most of us have jobs. I do a little bit of mental health support work. Really? Like maybe one day a week, two days a week tops. And then I've just started doing a bit of teaching again. Um, teaching drums? Yep. And I do a lot of like freelancing back home. So a lot of cover gigs, some session really? stuff. Yeah. So you're well in the music world then? Yep. What's the men- talk to me about the mental health support work? I God, I started doing that the end of two thousand eighteen. I think, um, but yeah, it's pretty simple stuff. You kind of I just did a little court, like it was a six month year, a one year course, um, and you just yeah, I kind of just do individual support work. So you're out doing community engagement stuff, taking them to appointments. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Is it uh, food for the soul? Yeah, a little. No. (laughs) 
Yeah, it depends. It's like any it other job. On the day. Yeah, you yeah. probably have you probably have good days and bad days. Yeah, same as the music thing. You know, love it. Um, speaking of music, I don't know if you know, but at the end of the episode, which we now got to, because you don't have an album to bug. Great. Which is great for all In of us. Twenty twenty five. We'll. No, don't say that because <laughs> they'll be annoyed. You can have the last sip if you want. Oh, I will take it. Um, Gracious host. The. I mean, if you want an oat flat white, I can go and put the espresso machine on. It will be heated up by the time we finish the podcast and I can make you an oat flat white. Would you like that? Sure. I'm going to do that. And I'll tell everyone I'm going to edit this and they will listen to it and go, he didn't edit it. One minute and seven seconds. One minute seven. I'll just put it on and it'll eat I mean, that's basically a cold drip now. Delicious. And then, strategically, you can't tell me how bad it is because the podcast will be finished by the time I make it. <coughs> okay. The Dream Festival. It's the, the end of the fest. Uh, the end of the festival. The end of the podcast. Yep. Which is going to be interesting because you said you don't listen to much heavy music. So we're going to get a glimpse into Steve Judd's musical brain here. We're going to do, these are the rules and I'll talk you through the whole thing, kind of in reverse order. It is a dream festival. By that I mean it can be as absurd as I just woke up from the craziest dream. We were playing a festival and this happened, right? So I want you to just imagine... Anything goes. We've had people come back from the dead. We've had uh, the audience were different breeds of dogs. Like it, <laughs> it goes, it goes nuts. It doesn't have to go nuts, but it will. There'll be a point in this where I get you on board. The only stipulation is the carnival are playing because that's going to change some of your answers. Okay. So question number one is the Steve Judd Dream Festival, where in the world is it happening? If you had to play a festival, where's you get the call, oh, we've been offered this festival, it's here, and you're stoked. I haven't been to Japan. You've never been to Japan? It's at the top of my list of places to go. So, oh in God. Japan... I can't believe that. I You're know. not even that far. I know. We, like, we're going to Australia this year, leaky cray, uh, and we're going to Japan straight afterwards. Yep, that's very smart. I can't believe you've never been. I know. I don't even think we've had... I think we've had one offer of shows in Japan. And you didn't take it? I don't think we could do it at the time. Oh, I'm, I'm almost jealous that you've never experienced it because the first time Japan is... I've heard only good things. I mean, God, been most other places, just yeah. not there. So somewhere in Japan. Nice. I'll take it. Also, North Lanes was in Japan. Oh, um, there you go. Great taste. Quite a lot of people's is in Japan. Uh, do you find... See, the, the reason this part of the podcast, everyone be everyone at home fucking annoyed, why do you keep explaining the fucking Dream Festival to the guest? Because he doesn't know. 
we go off on segues because of the answers that you've done and yep. it's it's part of the musician experience like this question I'm about to unleash right now do you find and I don't know what your cohabiting spouse situation is at home but do you find because you travel so much as a job it takes a lot for you to want to go on vacation or pay money to go visit somewhere or are you pretty good at it I guess well the last few years we haven't really been doing much touring so it's kind of redundant I guess at this point and I have probably just after COVID before we started touring again I just met my partner so this is the first tour we've we've done where I've been away for Ooh. any extended period how's it going I thought it would be easier but it's I, never no, easy. It's never easy. We check, we can FaceTime every day, and yeah, it's fine. Kind of yeah, find ways to stay in touch, but oh, it's not. It's, it no. sucks. I was chatting to one of the other dudes about it yesterday. I was like, dude, we've been away for what three and a half weeks, and I'm already like itching to get back. So I can't imagine doing an extended tour mm. without trying to fly her over or do something because. We were actually going to do that at the end of this tour. So she hasn't been to Europe before. So we were going to fly her over for the end of the tour and then we were going to do like a three-week holiday. But then we got a show in Dubai on the way home so it kind of put a dent in those oh, plans. My least favourite place on earth. I've only been once and it was fine. <laughs> I threw my fucking toys out the pram the other day because there's one rule about me being in a band yeah. and it's that I do not transit through Dubai because I've previously been detained in Dubai <laughs> oh, and wow. had people look down my dick hole and asshole for drugs. They find anything? Nope. Yeah. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it was time, it was fucking like I was in there for like I was basically in jail for like six hours. It was and the guy was like, You are going to go to jail. We're gonna find something. They were going through like the tread of my shoes and stuff. But then I get we've got this Australia tour coming up, which will probably be announced by now by the time this comes out. I might see you there. Yeah. Um and like I get my flights through and it's like flying on my own, transit in Dubai later in Dubai. I was like, no. <laughs> I, was like, I literally, I got to diva mode. I was like, boys, I'm not going. I'm just not doing it. And someone changed it. Great. But I go the wrong way around the world now to go to Australia. So because, where, do you, where do you stop? So this one, I think, luckily I'm Singapore. Okay. But last time I went UK to San Francisco, <laughs> to Australia, because I wanted to avoid Dubai. And How I had, long was the trouble? That was like 42 hours. Too long. And I had to leave. You have to leave the airport in San Francisco because when you transit through America, you have to yep. go as if you're getting to America. Do all that and then check fucking straight back in and then go. Then I got home and got divorced. It was a great <laughs> week. It's a great fucking all week. All that extra hassle for the end result. <laughs> oh, it was lovely. Probably gave her enough time. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, so it's in Japan, perfect. Uh, what is your accommodation? Now, you don't have to think specifically Japanese here. It's like you're playing a festival. What do you fucking love from your accommodation? I like a king-size bed and a bath. Oh, I love a and bath And a gym tour. in the hotel. Love it. That's it. What kind of bath? Oh, 
The deeper, the better. Big deep claw foot number. Yeah. No, oh. s- no spa, no jets necessary. No. Just a big bath. Big soaking tub. Yeah. How far from the festival are you? Oh, as close as possible. I'm on. I'm staying on the festival site. Perfect. Yeah. So there is a, a hotel. If I have to walk further than fifty meters, it's not my dream festival. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So you're. I mean, that's pretty. Anything else you like in a hotel room? Anything specific from a hotel? No, pretty easily pleased with that. A, one of those good hotel gyms, though, not the little oh, shit no. ones. I, I want more than a treadmill. Yeah. And. Maybe when, 10 kilo dumbbells. Like when you stay, the best ones when you stay at a casino hotel in America. For some reason, the gym's always like fucking stacked. <laughs> some sort of money laundering the going on. The one show we did in Russia, like maybe six, seven years ago. <laughs> maybe six, seven days ago. <laughs> <laughs> the hotel gym was like two levels, full really? day spa, everything. That That's the kind of hotel Roids. Yeah. All the roids <laughs> you could get. As you got in there. Yeah, the free doggy bag on yeah, the way out. Lovely. Training up those fucking <laughs> training up those Olympic athletes. Well, that's on my dream festival. <laughs> Trembolone acetate. Uh, anyway, enough about my drug use. That's the rider. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, brings me to my next question: What is catering? Dream your dream catering. <sighs> you like Steve Judge wakes up in his hotel room in Japan. He's just soaked in a tub, and then he gets there, and Drew goes, "You're never going to guess what catering is." <laughs> well. Catering, I want all meals, so I don't want to leave the festival site. Yeah, that's so fine. I'm doing breakfast there. What's for breakfast? Dream breakfast. Man, my dream breakfast is boring. It's I would have oats, mm-hmm. banana, nice green banana. Green banana? Yeah, green-ish. Green! I like my banana like hard. Really? You but there's be no sugar in it then. It doesn't taste nice. Yeah, it's good for me. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Brought it back round. Some berries, maybe. Does it affect your diet quite a lot then? Yeah, it's just something you've got to be conscious of. My, my, my friend who's diabetic is a literal food critic on TV and I've seen him <laughs> eating like fucking cakes and shit. Oh, you can. You can, 100%. but you just will die if you don't have the... Yeah, you just got to prepare he for it. He is fucking... He's a rock and roll. <laughs> <of> <laughs> Living of, on the edge. Yeah, mate. fuck me. Good for him. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so... Eggs, all of the coffee. How are you having your eggs? Poached. Little, but then, but then what, are they, what are they on? They're not on the oats. you just got poached eggs on their own. Yeah, 100%. That's what I do. Really? If I go out for breakfast, I'll always get a couple of poached eggs on the side. Psycho. Maybe three or four poached eggs on the side. I feel of like we're, I get. we're very similar in our ordering food and drinks. Yeah. Like I'm a multi-drink guy. I'm an eggs on the side guy. I love to hear poached. it. When you cut that, it's just going on the plate. I you don't just... cut it. I just spoon it. And, yeah, slurp it up. <laughs> slurp slurp <laughs> that up. Yeah, it's disgusting, but, you know, it's effective. That's fucking interesting. Yeah. Nice. That's my dream breakfast. Lunch, anything with a bit of sweet potato and chicken. Oh, no, no wonder you're looking fucking juicy on this those is, videos. Boring, yeah, you've got you know. that bro fucking, <laughs> that bro diet. Sweet potato, chicken. Yeah. Some veg. I really want to go to this festival. I'm going to get jacked. I'm just going for the food at the moment. It's good. Yeah, fuck yeah. The comms good. We haven't even got to, <laughs> haven't even got to the music. Um, dinner. Can't treat yourself. Treat yourself. Oh, maybe a curry then. Something yeah? rice heavy. What's your go to? I had a um, korma, chicken korma last night. It was quite tasty. There's a lot of good curry in Glasgow. Yes, a lot of good curry in the UK. 
we do love a curry. Yeah, so we'll probably try and make the most of that while we're here. Fuck yeah. Mm. We need any recommendations tonight. I'll take them all. Oh, I know all the curry ones. Uh, all right, cool, Matt. You, you got a naan with this or you... Oh, garlic naan. Fuck yeah, garlic 100%. naan. I feel like I'm... It's the only way. Coming to this fest. <laughs> okay, and then you told me recently, teetotal. Yeah. Sober or California sober? No, sober since... So before my birthday last year, um, maybe the week before, I thought as a gift to myself, I would stop drinking for a week well i planned for a year but i haven't even thought about it since then that was seven eight months ago any noticeable benefits drawbacks no i guess it was just i mean drinking as a diabetic it's just another variable for me to try and get around so by not drinking it's one less thing to worry about so how would it affect it, like, if you oh, get pissed up on tour? Yeah. Kind of plays havoc because any, I guess, any alcohol has sugar in it, so you have to adjust for the sugar content. But then there's, like, a window post-drinking, sort of 6 to 36 hours, I think it is, where your sh- the alcohol will actually drop your sugar levels. So you have to try and time the food around it, and it's just a bit of a gamble. So one less thing to worry about. When did you find out you were diabetic? God, I was 16 at the time. What happened? I had the full, like, heroin cheeks, super gaunt, was peeing all the time, just lost a ton of weight. Yeah. Um, went to the doctor. They said it was a stomach infection, I think, the first person we saw. And then the next time, like, it was maybe a day later, I was like, look, I don't feel right. And then the GP was like, you got to go to the hospital, too high to – give a reading. Oh, really? Yeah, I was in hospital for a week and that was it. And then it's just a little fucking subcutaneous jab in the stomach. One top, yeah, in between cycling, you know. (laughs) I was going to say, you could (laughs) so so easily just fucking load that up with a little fucking little CC. Boom. Yeah, got the reps up, so it's it's Everyone's at home like, Craig seems to know quite a lot (laughs) about that. Just you wait till the next photo of me and my shirt off. Gonna be fucking mental. Yeah, shred city over here. Just wait till I fucking beat the shit out of everyone. Uh, okay, so we've done that. We've got a lovely three course meal. Yeah. Let me just throw my little dream festival. What I would do if I, if this was my dream festival as well. You can have dinner whenever you want, and it's just as good. It's not like our oh, lunch is set from this time to this time. Post show curry. Agreed. Oh, I want I want something else post show too. Oh, okay. Post show meal. Okay, we'll come to that because there is going to be a post-show section. Okay. But we're finally on to the music. Who's headlining? Who's headlining? Carnival is playing. So who are, who, give me, you can give me one, you can give me two. Big, this is where people say who their favourite artist of all time is, essentially. I would probably go with D'Angelo. Really? Mm. Despite what I, even, <laughs> even like me just saying it for a joke? Yeah. 100%. I'm glad the minute you said R&B slow jams, my brain went DeAndre. <laughs> so it's that same page. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Who else we got? Is this a slow jams festival? <sighs> I guess it's going to be a bit all over the place. Who's How many acts am I allowed on the festival? How many, how many do you want to give me? You can give me, just give me like, let's do it as if it's a three-day thing. So D'Angelo's headlining one day, give me two other headliners. All right, we'll mix it up. So... 
D'Angelo headlines day one. Yeah. Day two. Well, I'll put my sugar in there. Oof. You want to see that? We all want to see that. Day three. They can be dead, right? They can be dead, but you have to stipulate how they're back. So tell me who, and then I'll I'll guide you through the okay. through the resurrection so process. I would be, I've been, God, probably Mac Miller. Nice. Loved um, swimming and was a bit disappointed. Obviously, the timing of it because it was just you know preparing for the tour with Thundercat and yeah, would have been a weapon tour. So I'd like to see that. So you can you you got options here. You got he never died. You've got hologram. <laughs> or you've got obviously this isn't going to happen in real life so don't feel bad about putting the energy out Look, the two park op- options probably not for me no okay so no hologram or, or you've got someone recently did uh, you know groundbreaking uh, reanimation techniques I can't remember whose festival it was it might have been uh, Jack from Void of Vision another Australian I've got all the Australians on at the moment yeah. um, I think he said uh, there was a bit like being groundbreaking, like basically zombies, and they could come and they could perform. But what would you like? I would like to see a zombie Mac, actually. That okay. would be good. So we're going for so that. So he can perform as he were human. Yeah. But every other interaction is zombie like. That's literally, yeah. yeah that's what, we've had that before, yeah. That so makes sense. He's uh, made for some fun backstage antics. Yeah. Sort of weekend at Bernie's. The, the between song band is probably not that great. Yeah. But the songs are good. Thundercat can do that. Yeah, he can just play some noodles yeah, in between. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, so where's Carnival? Which of these days and what time are you playing at? Oh, we're playing on the first day. So then I can just kick back at the hotel, Perfect. go and watch the show. Yep. You know, I want to play early. I want to get it over and done with. How early? Well, Dream Festival. Think about it. Think you're there. You imagine you're there. Okay, I'm there. It's 7 p.m. Nice, not early, so early. So it's a little dark. We can get some lights. Full crowd. There's a full laser show, you know, all the cool stuff. Full crowd. Yeah, then I'm straight off stage into dinner. Get my curry. Get the curry. Watch the headliners. So you are, who's going to be main, you're one before main support or you are main support to D'Angelo? No, I need a break. Okay, so who's the break? So who's in the break? Well, it's obviously something I don't, yeah, yeah, exactly. So give me something. Give me your least favorite band of all time. They can be in the break <laughs> while you're eating a curry. We've never had that on the Dream Festival. Oh. Someone saying a band they don't like. Oh, there's a lot of them though. Maybe who do I? You know what? I would give Corey Feldman a chance. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'll let him assemble his own band. Nice. And he can have that slot. He can have that yeah. slot. And I'll but just catch the end of it. I was going to say, yeah. you're going to want to check. Yeah, I want to see the end of it. <laughs> you're going to check it out. You have your curry, yeah. come watch the last, I the see last how it song unfolds. Corey Feldman and co. Yeah. Then it's D'Angelo. Yeah, I need to see him moonwalk a couple of times and then and then I'm in D'Angelo. Okay, so what is your ideal post-show? We've been doing post-show pizza. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Real high-carb content for me. But if I could... Does that fuck portion? Me yeah, because I'll eat a whole pizza. Yeah, same. It's too much, especially late at night, because you're not, you know, I'm going to bed after that. You're not burning any fuel, so your body's pretty dormant. So sugars are through the roof. So if I could portion control, 
I would have half a pizza. Wait, it's your dream festival. You can have four days off of being diabetic <laughs> if you want. All right. I don't have diabetes yep. for the festival yep. and I'm having two pizzas. Two pizzas. What's on your pizzas? Now we're talking. All right. So I always... Now it's something impossible. <laughs> yeah. This is never going to happen. Yeah. So my... I always get the funny look. Are you a pineapple on pizza person? I don't mind it. Like everyone's like, oh, you even love it, you hate it. It's like sometimes if it's there, I'm going to have it. It's quite nice. Great. Love it. Yeah. So I'm It's very it. refreshing in the slice. Yeah. Do you know what my least favorite thing about pineapple on pizza is? The people whose personality revolves around <laughs> the debate of pineapple on pizza. Like every time I do a Q&A thing on Instagram, yeah. pineapple on pizza question mark. My brother in Christ, get a fucking question. I mean, it's always a yes. That's all you need to know. Yeah. All right, pineapple. And- so I would get a veg- thin crust, vegetarian, barbecue sauce. Barbecue chick- barbecue base? Yep. Chicken, pineapple. Chicken and pineapple? Yeah. That's one. That's pizza number one. That's an insane pizza. No stuffed crust, no. No. And then what's pizza two? Pizza two, I would get. A Chicken and pineapple. Fat crust, meat lovers. Mm. I might get pizza tonight. It's a really good pizza place around where the venue is, actually. Yeah, we'll probably do pizza as well. Mm. It's good pizza in Glasgow. Oh, I kind of want the pizza now. Um, <laughs> so you do the post show. Yep. That's your food. Do you, you fuck with any alcohol free beers? What are you filling your mouth with, liquid wise? No, usually, God, it's coffee or water. And I do a bit of. God, soft drink. Germany, I had the Fritz Cola. Mm. That, that can't be fucking good for your well, blood sugar. Sugar-free. Sugar-free. Sugar-free Fritz Cola. I'm a sugar-free drinks guy anyway, mm. regardless. Everyone always like, if I get crazy fast food and then I get a diet drink, and it's like, <laughs> oh, why are you getting the diet drink? And I'm like, because it's fucking 800 extra calories I don't need. Yeah. You've seen the calories in the burger. Yeah. I have a legit excuse to do that. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll just start playing that card. Just but yeah, I beg. yeah. Sorry, not sure the fucking <laughs> three burgers counts. Yeah, that's it. That's the podcast. It's a good festival and it's a good a, podcast. It's a great festival and a great side. Would way. you like? Thank you very much. <laughs> what uh, you got a name for your fest? Uh, name for the festival. Oh, I I actually had a question for you, which came from Nolly because I was talking to Nolly and I was like, "Got Steve Judd on the pod. You got any questions for him?" Yeah. He said, "Are you left-handed?" <laughs> no, right hand. Do you play open handed? No. Oh no, you know what he was talking about? He was talking about the way you hit crashes with your left hand. Oh. Makes it look like your left hand dominant. Yeah, you'll see later my 19 inch crash. Yeah. So I kind of just come around and whip it. But I hit quite heavy on my left side. Yeah. And there's every 19 I've had, the symbols bowed. Really? So the 19 projection, as it comes around, there's a Big bow in it from where I just swiped down. From where down you just it. fucking swiped down. Yeah. yeah. He literally mentioned, he was like, I need to know if he's left-handed because he, <laughs> he boots that left yeah. crash. I look forward to seeing it later on. This will come out at a point when you're back off tour, so I'll liaise with you what we need to plug, if, if anything. Sure. We'll be much closer to having a record. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> I will have already closer, had but we'll an intro <laughs> with some sort of news. If you had, if you haven't heard Carnival, I would have already said this at the beginning. And you can get past the name, which I can <laughs> personally. It's fucking unbelievable, unbelievable drummer, unbelievable band. One of the only bands it actually came up in conversation. The sort of you know, like how 
And again, it's not because of the O-O-L, but like how tall is like tall and it sounds like fucking tall. Mm -hmm. Carnival is carnival and it sounds like carnival. I can't think of another band that even tries to copy and sounds anywhere near the same genre. Genre genre benders. Yeah, genre benders. Thanks for coming on the downbeat. Pleasure. I can't wait to see you play the drums. I'm going to press stop. I hope everyone has a lovely day.